0: joining me this morning. A blessed Sunday morning, a blessed morning to be in the Lord's house. Uh, This morning I don't want to preach too hard at you. I'm not the pastor. I'm not going to preach about the fire like I did uh, last Wednesday. I'm going to preach a little bit different. I'm going to preach on going the extra mile. Going the extra mile when you may not want to go that extra mile. Going the extra mile when the world may not want you to go the extra mile. You can find your place in uh, chapter 5 of Matthew. Matthew chapter 5, verse 41. Matthew chapter 5, verse 41. <clears throat> and like I said, this is going to be called Going the Extra Mile. And first off, I want to read to you a little poem. And if you couldn't guess the title of the poem... It's called Going the Extra Mile. Absolutely. So this poem here, this isn't your typical speech. You see, the Bible has a way of scriptural timing, biblical rhyming that I can't help but hear the scriptures crying out to be spoken in the spoken word poem. We wear what would Jesus do bracelets like we know him, but what would he do? Would he get the new iPhone even though he already has two? Or frown at someone when they sit in his pew? No. He would scoot over and let them sit next to you like the brother you haven't seen in three years. See, I say go the extra mile when you're hurting and your friend's broken, but you still have that strength to tell him who to put his hope in. I say go the extra mile. When you're giving rides and, and you need gas in, the, in your tank, but the only payment you'll take is a thanks. I say go the extra mile because one day you'll die and you'll be in that courtroom awaiting your sentence, but the only jury on the bench is Jesus. Amen to that. The only jury on the bench is Jesus. God will say, wait, I must confer with my son, and Jesus will say, Lord, he's done. Because when I ask him to walk with me, He walked two miles instead of one. And he gave me clothes when I had none. And he came to church even when it wasn't particularly fun. And he had his own wishes, but he put my will in front of them. This isn't your typical speech. This is a message with a worldwide reach, a lesson a professor can't teach. This is a message with hands and feet, because your feet beat to the beat of a different drum, there are names in the book of life, and you are, and, and I are one of them. So even though the world might be full of evil and full of vile, we still wake up every morning with a smile, and that, that is going the extra mile. <clears throat> that is a poem one of my friends wrote, or at least shared with over ten years ago. I saw my friend share that that poem. Like I said, I'm not sure if he wrote it, but he shared it over ten years ago before he came to Harding a long, long time ago. And that person has a very special place in my heart. But like I said, today is going the extra mile. Instead of preaching sin on a Sunday morning, I'll allow the pastor to do that. So Matthew chapter 5, verse 41, it says, And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Jesus is saying right here, when someone says, Go one mile, go two. Jesus likely had in mind the much-resented practice of compulsion in which the Roman officials could force the Jews, they could literally force the Jews to perform these menial tasks such as hauling the load on their back. And when the Romans told you to do something, you better do it. Because at that time, the Jews were literally being persecuted for many things. Here, Jesus told his disciples they should carry their, their oppressor's pack out of obligation for the first mile. You should do this. That is your obligation. You must fulfill it. However, then exceed all expectations by going a second mile as an act of love and service. And we all know that can be extremely difficult. And with that being said, what would you guys do? Would you carry that pack the extra mile? I'll be honest, I probably wouldn't. My wife knows I'm hard-headed. I'm stubborn. I'm a bull in a little man's body. But I still live in the flesh. I probably wouldn't walk that extra mile. And until I have a new godly body and I'm out of this flesh, it's going to be a challenge day in and day out to go that extra mile. But this morning I want to share and maybe encourage you to go that extra mile. When we do things like this, others see Jesus in us. Like I said before, you may be the only Jesus someone sees. Or experiences. So don't blow your chance by being rude, hateful, full of anger, full of vile, and more. Be the reason why someone may turn to Christ, not the reason why they shut the idea of Him out. Like I've also said before, so many people are coming through those doors and they're going right back out as quickly as they come in. We need to be more loving. Preach the sin. Call them out where where they are doing wrong in their life, just like you call me out. My wife does it all the time. (laughs) But our job as Christians are to to live a a godly life, to be just like Christ. That's a Christian, right? Our job is to be as Christ-minded, as Christ-like as we can. And like I said before, some days that is a real challenge. I've got my own own issues. I know each and every one of you do here. Even when they've got you down, they're spitting on you, you still need to treat them good and show them love. That is going the extra mile. When that person is shutting you out and they're not wanting to hear you out, they're not wanting to hear the gospel, keep going the extra mile with them. American Christianity is false. But we are not called to follow American Christianity. We are called to follow biblical Christianity. Pardon me. Sometimes I can't pronounce very, some words very good. That's why it's important to get into your Bible, to read it, to study it, to know it. And I know that can be hard at times, because it is for me too. There are many days where I struggle to read, I just don't like reading. Um, There there are many days where I struggle to pray. It could be five minutes. It could be ten minutes, twenty minutes, whatever. Praying is tough. Praying is probably a whole lot harder than reading. I can read and go through the scriptures. I can read and just toss and turn and flip these pages over and over. But you talk about praying for five minutes, that's tough. That is a completely different mindset, a completely different challenge. But we ought to be doing that. We ought to be getting into our our Bibles and and knowing what this Bible says and understanding it and comprehending it because when we are faced with those people who try to challenge us, we ought to have those answers. Not to shut them down, not to hate on them and to be hateful and to be unchristlike. but when they challenge us, we ought to be ready. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Go with him too. We are called to serve others. Yes. Let me make that very clear. We are called to serve God. That is our first mission every single day. We ought to wake up. We ought to choose Him just like everybody chooses us. You ought to wake up and you ought to choose your spouse. You ought to choose your children and to love them unconditionally. And sometimes that can be tough. We all have that flesh in us today. But we are called to serve others, to love others, to guide and to lead others. To teach them and disciple them. We ought to bring them in. A person ought to come through those doors. You you ought to be Christ-like. You ought to be welcoming and to show them who Christ is and what Christ did for you. If you feel that you need to share your testimony with them, go ahead and do that. Because like I said, you may be the only Jesus they ever see. Don't ruin that chance by being hateful. Once you have them, once you, once you have converted them, whatever the case may be, if they want to hear you out, take that opportunity and share the gospel. Because like I've said before, if the, if the, if the Lord, if the Holy Spirit gave you a conviction to share the gospel, and for some reason you skipped out on that, and they die... They're going to be screaming your name. Why didn't you tell me who God was as they're being thrown into the lake of fire? And what are you going to say to Jesus? How are you going to respond to him when he asks you, why didn't you tell him who I was? Don't let that blood be on your hands. Our job is to serve them and to teach them and disciple them. Bring them up and show them the way of Christ. We're not called to put down others and put ourselves on a pedestal like Jesus. We're not Catholic. You can chuckle there. When treated unfairly, hear me out, when treated unfairly, how you react, how you behave, how Christ-like are you, or I'm sorry, how Christ-like you are is more important. You see, like I have said before, I write a ton of different sayings and thoughts I have in my head and things I've heard from preachers and and people of like faith in the front of my Bible. That's just what I do. Some people like preacher signatures, and I'm not knocking that. But like I wrote in the front of my Bible here, when things don't go your way, how Christ-like are you? When things, when you were in that valley, like I preached um, a couple Wednesdays ago or so, when you were in that valley and you've got everything, it feels like everything under the sun is going wrong. How Christlike are you? When you wake up the following morning, how Christlike are you? When you feel like you have no one there and no one, no one is grabbing you by the arm and putting you on your shoulders as you're walking off that field, like you see people get injured. How Christlike are you? When things are going good and you're on that mountaintop, how Christlike are you? Because. You, You see, many of us can be on that mountaintop. Everything is going awesome. And we're on our best behavior at church. But the minute we leave these doors, that flesh gets a hold of us. You want to know why I say that? Because I say that because I've got the experience of it. I'm not perfect. I've still got that flesh. My wife knows that. And at times, I catch myself before it's even brought up. It's a challenge. This flesh is a challenge, and it's always going to be a challenge until we are either called home via rapture or I'm called home by death. And by the grace of God, I can't wait till I'm out of this fleshly body and I get a brand new body, and it's free of all this sin, free of this vulgar language, free of these thoughts and, and, and different things that I struggle with inside of my head. We all have struggles. We all deal with things differently. We all have these internal mindsets and, and challenges that we may face. Can I um, admit something to you right quick if you want to say that? Can I share something with you? My job as a state trooper, I see lots of things. As a cop too, as a city cop, as a county deputy, whatever you want to call it. We go through through tons of you know different traumatic events. Uh, I saw it's been a long time, but I saw a post one time online where I don't, I don't want to give you the wrong number because I just don't have it on the top of my head. But uh, let, let's just say a, g- a general number: the average person may face about ten traumatic events in their lifetime. Like I say, a general number I don't know off the top of my head: ten traumatic events in a lifetime for an average person. You guys. Unless you're a first responder, you're a cop, or you're a a former military service person, the average person, 10 events. The average cop, the average uh, military service person, the average EMS uh, personnel, whatever, firefighter, that person, 8,000. A general term, I don't know the numbers. It's been a long time since I've seen that. But back in April, I worked a double fatal and probably the last three weeks, that double fatal has been getting to me. Um, I don't know why. Um, long story short, uh, you, probably, you guys probably uh, read the news, you know, and you know how it went. But one day, I went through the accident scene like I always do, and man, I just got really emotional in my car. The Lord was with me during that time as I, as I drove by, I see the skin marks. I see everything like it was clear as day. And I see the two crosses over there for the memories of the, of the two lives, the two souls that left their body on April the 30th, about 9.45 p.m. The two souls left their body, and all we can do is pray and hope that they were saved at the time pray and hope that someone went that extra mile with them before they left the earth. And a couple of days later, maybe even the same day, I stopped someone and he said, hey, I recognize you. I'm the nephew of the man who passed. And I said, oh, wow. And he said, man, you've been so good and and, you know, like our family is just so, so grateful for what you've done and how you investigated the, the accident and everything that's coming out about it. I said, well, the rest is up to the Lord and to the judge and to the jury. I'm not going to talk the case with you because that's just not what I do. The next day I stopped a young girl. She didn't stop for a school bus. But I stopped the young girl. She had the same last name as the female. And I said, hey, are you related to so-and-so? She said, yes. And I said, okay. Lord's doing something now. I went through the accident scene, and I met two people two days in a row. Something's going on. And then I take a trip to the fair... And I'm walking through the stalls, through the horse stalls, and I find this giant stall just filled of memories of this young woman. And of course, you know, I kind of get emotional inside. I tend to hide my emotions, so I'm not, I'm not crying, but I'm emotional on the inside. So what I'm saying is right now is, I still deal with struggles. I'm still in this flesh. I still need to go the extra mile because someone may not have gone the extra mile with them. I pray they did. And I think they did. And I believe they did. But all we can do is pray that someone went the extra mile, like someone went the extra mile with you. Someone went the extra mile to preach the gospel of the Holy Bible to you. And we need to be doing the same. When treated unfairly, how you react, how you uh, you behave, how Christ-like you are is more important. The trials and temptations reveal who and what you are, and sometimes we need to evaluate ourselves. I'm not sure what's going on with me. I'm not sure what's going through my head. I'm not sure what this scene is trying to tell me. I'm not sure what God is trying to tell me through this case. But if you can, pray for me, please. I'm not, like I said, I'm not, I'm fine, everything's fine, but even I struggle sometimes too, and I know each and every one of you in this room do too. When you walk that second mile with someone, you can build a rapport, you can develop a relationship and allow people to open up to you and eventually hear you out when sharing the gospel. When you go to that door and you knock that door on Eastmore Avenue, they may or may not answer. But if you have a semi-small conversation, whether it's, hey, I know you don't want to hear me out, but here's a track to church, come out and just possibly listen. They may not come. Out of how how many ever doors I've ever knocked, I've never had one person visit church. But I've had at least three cops, four cops actually, visit church. Two of them got saved. So, amen to that. But when you build that rapport with someone, go visit them. When you have that someone at church, I'm sorry, when you have that someone at work, and you and you talk to them, and you share the gospel, go back and see how they're doing. Go back and build that rapport. Build that relationship with that person. Go that second mile. Go that extra mile. Matthew 27, 32 says, Simon, by name, him they compared, I'm sorry, him they compelled to bear His cross. Here we see Jesus is feeling the pain. He's on His way to Calvary. He is getting closer to death, and it is hard for Him to carry that cross. He already knows what's coming. He knew what what was coming. You, You see, Jesus Christ, He lived a great ministry to try to see as many souls saved before He came back. Simon carried the cross the rest of the way. Simon was ordered by the Romans to carry this cross. You may ask, does Simon want to? I don't know. He might not have wanted to, but he showed the act of service to do so. And we ought to be showing that same act of service to others when they're down. We should be willing to carry the weight of others and their struggles when called upon as opposed to shutting them down. When someone comes to you with their problems, with their struggles, don't shut them down. Because like I said, you may be the only Jesus that person sees today. You may be the only Jesus that that person ever experiences. And by the grace of God, we live in the United States of America so more than likely they've heard Jesus before but they might not have met Jesus through a person. So try to act as Christ-like as you can. Try to be that that Christ-like figure and go the extra mile with that person. Hear them out. Possibly give them some biblical advice. Show them within the Scriptures how their life can change and what the Lord did for you and what the Lord did for many men and women throughout the time of the Bible. We see other references of Simon carrying that cross of Jesus in Mark 15, 21 and Luke 23, 26. When people come to you and they're struggling, their hearts are aching, they may not have no way out. They feel like they've only got one way out. Go the extra mile. Share with them the gospel. Share Share with them your testimony of how... Christ saved you. You see, that, that first mile is expected, but the second, that is freely given service to others. Like I said in Matthew five forty one, And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with them twain. When things are going wrong, and the people are coming to you and say, hey, I need help. Yes. Seek more help. Go that second mile. Show them where they can get more help. If someone comes to you and they, and they need that ride, go ahead and give them that ride. And while you're giving that ride, go that second mile and share the gospel to them. I had a buddy of mine, he, he took me to go pick up my spare car, I'm sorry, he took me to go pick up my car as it came out of the shop. And as we were um, passing the church, actually, I said, Hey, buddy, do you go to church around here? He said, I do. I said, Okay, not a problem, buddy. Well, if you ever want to, come visit our church. Come visit us, have a good time, hear the gospel. That's what we should be doing. Those people that we work with, those coworkers, those those buddies, even if they may not be the same culture, or you may not have the same likes, the same, you know, things that you care about, go that extra mile and possibly invite them to church. Share the gospel to them before it's too late. To reach others is to sacrifice your time. To see souls saved is to sacrifice your time. If we want to reach others for Christ and we want to see as many souls saved before it's too late for them, it's going to take some sacrifice. If you want to see your children saved, it's going to take some sacrifice. What you need to do, you probably need to be at church, first off. You probably ought to be bringing your kids to church and, and raising them in that nursery and then praying with them at night. I know I, I could do better with that. To see souls saved is to sacrifice your time. To see your co-workers saved is to sacrifice that time. You may not have a great relationship with them. You may not even like them. But you should still have that heart like Christ and you should still want to see them saved. Because like I said before also, we're going to see a lot more souls in hell than in heaven. A lot more people, a lot of people in church also are going to be in hell. Because a lot of people here, they may read about God. They may read about Jesus and his stories and the prodigal son and the, and the fiery furnace. They may may read these things. They may be on their best behavior while they're in church. But do they know God? There's a difference in, in just reading and hearing about him and having that relationship with him. Go, go that extra mile. Go that second mile and to really sit down and share the gospel with them. And to, to share your testimony. And you might, see them so, you might see them saved. Can I tell you, if you, if you, if you help, help people in those ways and you, and you sacrifice that time, you can earn that crown. You can earn that crown and you can lay that crown at Jesus' feet when you meet him and say, Lord... This is yours. You helped me do it. But all this work that I did on Earth, it's because of you, all these souls saved that came through that door that, that I got to witness to, all the needs that have knelt have at these altars and cried their cries and, and shed their tears, it's because of you. And because of you, here's your crown. Now I'm not sure if, if, you, know, if, you, um, if you allow or, you're, you, or you help. Convert someone if we, if we get like five souls saved. I'm not sure if you get five crowns or if you get one crown. However, one crown is enough. Lord, this crown is yours. Because of you, you helped me go that extra mile and see those souls saved. To see those souls saved is to sacrifice your time. Continue to go that extra mile when it may not feel comfortable to you. Can I tell you something right quick before I close? You need to get uncomfortable to get comfortable. This world is full of vile. It's full of evil. It's full of heartaches. It's full of sin. But if we sit inside the church and all we do is pray, Lord, help us grow. Lord, send some people here. That's not going to be good enough. We need to go the extra mile and get out of the church, start knocking on some doors, passing out tracks as you're, as you're walking through Walmart. Like I said, you need to sacrifice your time. You need to get uncomfortable to get comfortable. You may not be able to talk to people very very well. You may struggle with, with getting outside of church and, and meeting new people and, and doing this and doing that. But can I tell you, all you've got to do is just take a track... Put it on someone's windshield. Put it right there on the on the windshield wiper. That may be enough to see a soul saved. That person may open up that small little track and be like, "Huh, I'm not sure who put this here, but it sparked an interest." And they may visit our church, and we may see them stole uh, see them saved. And if that's the case, then amen to that. Like I said. Go that extra mile. When you go the extra mile, it'll be worth it, I promise. And the Lord will thank you for it.